God speaks through the prophet Isaiah, and though he speaks judgment, he also speaks hope. Hope of a branch that brings salvation. On The Bible Brief. Want more Bible learning content like this? Sign up for our newsletter and follow us on social media. Links are in the show notes. Jerusalem is God's city, the city of the great temple of Yahweh, the place God had filled with the cloud of his glory to inhabit among his people. Jerusalem is God's city, the place of his presence, and the place of his king. Long ago, God moved his presence from the top of Mount Sinai into that tabernacle tent in the wilderness. Within it, he had dwelt above the Ark of the Covenant in the holiest place of the tabernacle. But now God was dwelling in the Holy of Holies in the temple, the place decorated with pomegranates and palm trees, by cherubim angels and beautiful accessories. It was a solid house built by Solomon's efforts, an immovable house, or at least so the people of Judah thought. If there was anything known for sure among the people of Judah, it was that Jerusalem is God's city and the great temple was God's temple. This was the place that God had chosen and the place where he would be with his people forever. After all, it wasn't just the place of the temple. It was also in the middle of God's great promises. Jerusalem was in the land of Canaan promised to Abraham and to his offspring long ago. Jerusalem was the place of David's throne where God would install his forever king. This city was nothing if not the place of the culmination of God's covenant promises to the nation. This was the place of the end of history, where God would reign over his people forever with his king in David's line. Such was the common notion in that day among the people of Judah. An idea that no matter what, no matter what happened to that northern kingdom of Israel, no matter what happened all around them in the world, God would never abandon Jerusalem. For to abandon Jerusalem would be to abandon his house and his promises. Enter the prophet Isaiah, one of God's great prophets to the people of Judah, who takes the notions of the people and turns them on their head, calls them out, and reveals a future in which God doesn't merely fulfill his promises, but fulfills them through an even older promise. He will fulfill them through the seed, the seed first promised way back in Genesis 3.15, who will come and finally defeat the evil tempter of mankind. Isaiah was God's prophet in a time of great tumult and volatility in the world. He was prophet for a few kings that preceded Hezekiah, and he continued through Hezekiah's reign. Isaiah's life was probably between about 750 BC and 675 BC, and through his life he saw some of the best and some of the worst of Judah. He lived through the great religious renaissance of Hezekiah, but he also saw the continued underbelly of sin, rebellion, and presumption that permeated the nation. Isaiah saw these, but most importantly, God saw these and spoke through Isaiah to address the people of Judah. A people who were so presumptive about their understanding of God, his purposes for his people and for his city, that they wouldn't even listen to Isaiah. Isaiah would come to them with pronouncements from God, and rather than change, they would get even more stuck in their ways. 
Isaiah through his proclamations of the word of God, further hardened the hard hearts of the people. Now, lest we think that Hezekiah was the rule for the kings of Judah, he was an amazing righteous exception in a drift toward evil. In fact, listen to this description of Hezekiah's own father, Ahaz. We read this in 2 Chronicles 28. Ahaz did not do what was right in the eyes of the Lord, as his father David had done. But he walked in the ways of the kings of Israel. He even made metal images for the Baals, and he made offerings in the valley of the son of Hinnom, and burned his sons as an offering, according to the abominations of the nations, whom the Lord drove out from before the people of Israel. And he sacrificed and made offerings on the high places, and on the hills, and under every green tree. Hezekiah's father Ahaz was representative of the kingdom of Judah's trend toward evil. Ahaz was so evil that Hezekiah was one of his sons that actually survived the pagan child sacrifice that his father had done. Judah was going downhill, and God sent his prophet Isaiah to speak to this kingdom, drifting into more and more sin. The book of Isaiah opens like this. Hear, O heavens! And give ear, O earth, for Yahweh has spoken. Children I have reared up and brought up, but they have rebelled against me. The ox knows its owner, and the donkey its master's feeding trough. But Israel does not know, my people do not understand. Ah, sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, offspring of evildoers, children who deal corruptly. They have forsaken the Lord. They have despised the Holy One of Israel. They are utterly estranged. Bring no more vain offerings. Incense is an abomination to me. New moon and Sabbath and calling of convocations. I cannot endure iniquity and solemn assembly. Your new moons and your appointed feasts, my soul hates. They have become a burden to me. I am weary of bearing them. When you spread out your hands... I will hide my eyes from you. Even though you make many prayers, I will not listen. Your hands are full of blood. Wash yourselves. Make yourselves clean. Remove the evil of your deeds from before my eyes. Cease to do evil. Learn to do good. Seek justice. Correct oppression. Bring justice to the fatherless. Plead the widow's cause. Isaiah first speaks about the evil of the people of Judah. People who, though taken care of by God Himself, yet forsake Him and don't know Him. Though they give lip service to Him, though they follow some of the law of Moses on the outside, they yet harbor sin on the inside. They aren't doing one of the most basic commandments. They aren't loving God. They have mistaken heartless obedience for faithful worship, as if an offering will distract God from looking upon their faithless hearts and their bloody hands. But soon, Isaiah shifts to address another mistake of the people, their mistake of Jerusalem. He continues saying this in chapter 3, For behold, the Lord God of hosts is taking away from Jerusalem and from Judah support and supply, all support of bread and all support of water, the mighty man and the soldier, the judge and the prophet, the diviner and the elder, the captain of fifty and the man of rank. For Jerusalem has stumbled, and Judah has fallen, because their speech and their deeds are against the Lord, defying His glorious presence. 
for the look on their faces bear witness against them. They proclaim their sin like Sodom. They do not hide it. Woe to them, for they have brought evil on themselves. The people may think that God will never abandon Jerusalem to be taken or sacked. But through Isaiah, God says, think again. Your actions are like those of Sodom back in Abraham's day before I destroyed it. You have brought evil on yourselves, even here in the city of Jerusalem. God corrects their errant assumption. Jerusalem will not stand with all this evil in it. God will make it a desolation instead of letting this evil continue. God will turn his back even on the temple built by Solomon. And Babylon will accomplish his purposes. Remember, Isaiah had said this to no less than the good king Hezekiah. This judgment that Isaiah had been proclaiming for years would be accomplished by the ancient villain in the Bible. Those messengers that had been sent by the exiled king of Babylon, who'd come to check on Hezekiah's health, were from an empire birthed from a city that had rebelled against God. Long ago, Babylon had tried to build a tower with its top in the heavens, a monument to human ingenuity and human pride against God. The Babylonians had tried that, and God confused the languages. But now, Babylon was back, and it was a coming power in the world again. Babylon would be the one to defeat Judah. Among Isaiah's many prophecies, where he announces God's words to the people of Judah, these stand out as some of the saddest and most disheartening. It's almost as if it's a prelude to one of the saddest stories you've ever heard. A story that began with amazing promises of land, seed, and blessing, of a coming king to defeat his enemies, and a man to rule on David's throne. If this is all we heard from Isaiah, we would conclude that, well, God would have to move to plan B. Israel was done. It was a good run, but it just didn't work out. But this isn't all that Isaiah said. Intermixed with all these judgments comes some of the great hope of the Hebrew Bible. Hope involving a branch, a remnant of people, and a new and greater exodus from all the nations. This is from Isaiah chapter 11. There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, David's father, and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide disputes by what his ears hear. But with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt of his waist, and faithfulness the belt of his loins. God hasn't forgotten his promises. In this brief passage, we see an amazing promise that this king from David's line is coming. He's coming with God's wisdom, with God's might, with God's knowledge. He's coming with justice and righteousness. He's coming with judgment for the wicked. This man who is called the shoot from Jesse, the branch from his roots, is nothing less than the promised eternal king who will rule from the throne of David. 
But more than just this branch promise comes even more. Promises for Israel, the people. We read, In that day, the root of Jesse, who shall stand as a signal for the peoples, of him shall the nations inquire, and his resting place shall be glorious. In that day, the Lord will extend his hand yet a second time to recover the remnant that remains of his people. From Assyria, from Egypt, from Pathros, from Cush, from Elam, from Shinar, from Hamath, and from the coastlands of the sea. He will raise a signal for the nations and will assemble the banished of Israel and gather the dispersed of Judah from the four corners of the earth. The Lord will utterly destroy the tongue of the Sea of Egypt and will wave his hand over the Euphrates River with his scorching breath and strike it into seven channels. And he will lead people across in sandals. And there will be a highway from Assyria for the remnant that remains of his people, as there was for Israel when they came up from the land of Egypt. Continuing with this symbolism of the branch and root from David's father, Jesse, Isaiah explains that this coming king will be a signal to the nations, that when this king comes, Yahweh will cause a new exodus to take place. Not from a single nation like the exodus with Moses, No, this will be from many nations. God will gather those people whom he has preserved and never lost. He will gather the remnant of Israel from the four corners of the earth, and he will bring his people from all nations back to their land, back to the king's city, back to Jerusalem. The history of Israel hasn't ended. No, this is just the beginning of a whole new movement of God. As God says later through the prophet, Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Volumes have been written about the great hope found in the pages of the book of Isaiah, and we have only briefly touched on it here. But the center of that hope rests upon a king. That seed of the woman, the seed of Abraham and the seed of David, the promised one from the very start of the Bible is the one who will accomplish all these things. Isaiah declares this unabashedly. Judgment is coming for you, Jerusalem. Judgment is coming for you, Judah. But take heart. After that, the king is coming, and he's coming with salvation. The Bible Brief is brought to you by the Bible Literacy Foundation, dedicated to helping people like you learn the Bible. Copyright Bible Literacy Foundation 2023